MP, it feels like every area of life at the moment is undergoing revolution. I'm glad you said that, Bretto, because at this year's Wellness Summit virtual experience, all of our speakers are presenting on The Revolution. Yeah, and it's such a topsy-turvy world right now. It feels like everything's been turned upside down, whether it's your finances, your food, your health, your longevity, your family. All of these things are just in such a state of flux right now that we really need to get the experts in to give us the lowdown. That's why we have Jason Witten on the financial revolution, Cindy O'Meara on the food revolution, Kim Morrison on the self-love revolution, Marcus Pierce on the longevity revolution, the great Brett Hill on the resilience revolution, Andrea Huddleston on the hormones revolution, And of course, Joe Witten on the food and family revolution. And for the first time ever, we'll have breakout sessions on the energy revolution, the career revolution, the barefoot revolution, the real food revolution, and the parenting revolution. All this and more at The Wellness Summit, September 11 and 12. Book your tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. Welcome to episode number 77 on The Herpreneur Show. Today, I bring you Kim Power, the founder of Rejuvenators Health Massage. Welcome to The Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. Wow, what a woman you are going to hear today on the show. Kim Powers shares her story in how she built Australia's largest massage business that are in hotels, Rejuvenators Health Massage. Not only has she had her hands on some of the world's biggest superstars, she's also, what I found out, an amazing energy healer. How did I find that out? Well, on the show, besides me crying in the middle of the show when she shared about one of her hardest times in life, how it affected how she felt about her business and truly despised it at one stage. She also went into some messages at the end, and I said, those messages are for me. (laughs) It was just such an incredible interview. I hope you love it. It's not meant to be out for another four weeks, but if I loved it so much, I thought it's going to help somebody else out there. Enjoy it. It's an incredible interview. We go through startup phase, building phase of her business, the pivot through COVID, hardest time in her life, and then we go into some energy stuff as well. Such a great interview. Just a reminder, we still have the Herpreneur Pen giveaway. If you love the show, please drop us a message on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, however you hear it, or the episode on the Annette Lackovich website. Write us a review. Tell us how much you love the show or that episode, and then you've got to email me. Why? You've got to say, this is my review, Annette, because I want my Herpreneur Pen. So this is my way to say thank you to you for supporting the show having ratings and reviews and telling us how much you love it obviously helps me know that I'm doing my work, but more importantly, it gets the message out there for other women that need to hear the show or need to hear that episode. The Herpreneur Show is brought to you by Convert Club. That's mine and my husband's beautiful way of teaching business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants a reverse selling method, meaning we help you take 
the ickiness out of sales. Hardcore pushy sales have gone. It's about how do we connect in the heart? How do we connect heart to heart? Many of our customers need to have a conversation with us before they buy. And that's exactly what we do. We help you be able to have that customer feel like they're in the control seat and help you be able to get your message out there and take the ickiness away from selling. And if that sounds like you or you have a friend that you know needs that type of help, then reach out to me at netlackovich.com. You'll see the Convert Club banner there. Click on that, answer a few questions, and we'll set up a call and see if it's a match. So let's bring you on to the lady of the hour, Kim Power. Kim is a wellbeing coach and a holistic therapist. She's been trusted by the likes of Colin Minogue, Lady Gaga, Shania Twain, Anthony Robbins, Bruce Springsteen, just to name a few. Kim is also the founder of Rejuvenators Health Massage, which is Australia's largest professional mobile massage company. So she knows a thing or two about achieving a healthy and sustainable lifestyle. We go into this today and I must say, I forgot to ask my final question and I've only just realized now because I was so taken with the end of this interview. So please forgive me, we didn't know the answer to the very last thing, which is the one thing that you do on a very regular basis that makes you the happiest version of yourself. But I tell you what, she has messages for days. Enjoy this very thorough, well-rounded interview of women business life on the Herpreneur Show. Let me introduce you to Kim Power. What does Lady Gaga, Kylie Minogue and Bruce Springsteen all have in common? It is this lady's hands. Big welcome to Kim Power who massages the stars and also has built an incredible business through hotels through massage. Big welcome to the Herpreneur Show, Kim. Thank you. Thank you so much, Annette. Great to be here. Now, I would love to know before we dive into your journey of entrepreneurship, and I can imagine you've got an incredible few stories up your belt. <laughs> um, let's just start with your, just a bit of background. Who was Kim Powers before she started massaging the stars? Can you give us a bit of a, a background of your journey to what brought you to the time to actually bring out Rejuvenators? Bring us up sure. that time. What was that journey? Yeah, sure. So um, I literally, from a little girl, had only ever wanted to be a hairdresser. And I achieved that dream. I sort of finished year 12, went into hairdressing late, did six years as a, as a hairdresser. And it was actually through that time that I would be massaging people at the base come half an hour earlier than they needed to because they loved the scalp massage and they kept saying Kim you should be a masseuse I did I had no idea what that was I'd never heard of it and I thought gosh I keep hearing this over and over and over again maybe I should investigate so that was really it was just a very simple thing that um I suppose that healing gift had always been there, but I'd just not known. So as I sort of went on and did my study and explored it, the light went off for hairdressing and came on for massage. So, yeah. And was there something that you actually loved doing, like when you actually were at the base and you are massaging? Like I know when I give my husband a massage, like... I'm like, my shoulders start getting sore and I've got long nails, which is not great. And I'm counting down the minutes going, oh, I'll give one minute more and I'll get the elbow in. And <laughs> I count yeah, down the minutes for it to be over. <laughs> no, I loved it. It was great. You know, it was just this 
blissful, beautiful place and people would either chat to me or they wouldn't. Yeah. And um, then afterwards they were so relaxed. They were like, just do whatever to my hair, I don't care. So, wow. you know, it was a great place to make people feel really safe and secure and if they were doing something big to their hair and like getting it all chopped off you know they felt really good about the whole experience wow well you were in the right place then to even think about that you know they're going through the big experience of chopping their hair off and they need something just to chill out (laughs) yeah 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 and everyone comes in and they're stressed and rushing and crazy so you know it really helps bring people down and just allows them to chill So at what stage was it when you decided that you wanted to create the business? Can you take us through some timelines of the journey before Rejuvenators or what happened to get Rejuvenators up and running? I wish uh, it would be nice to say, oh, it was all completely planned out and I had my like 50-page business plan. There was none of it. There was none. (laughs) So I... um, was still hairdressing and I started to do some massage for friends and family as I was completing all of my diploma studies. Mm-hmm. And I found that um, uh, I thought, oh, well, maybe I could get a job, you know, and get some extra money because hairdressing pays so badly. And uh, I went and worked in a clinic and that went okay. And then I switched clinics to another one. And look, here's the really embarrassing part. I'm a fairly naive person and very trusting and really hardworking. So I ended up applying and getting a job at a place in Fortitude Valley. And anyone that knows Brisbane would be like, well, you know, I just went and worked there and I did a great job and I had um, lots of people that would come back and book with me and we just had to sit and wait in the in the waiting area for all the staff and then people would come in and you'd go in and you'd do their session. And occasionally the police would come through and, like, check the place. And, again, I thought nothing of it and I just did my what I do. And it was only, like, way later that I went, oh, they were doing other things there. And I didn't But I was at the ending, was it? I did not know a thing. I was oblivious, absolutely oblivious. So um, it was really from there that occasionally people would ring and say, do you come out to our home or to a hotel? And they were like, no, we don't do it. And I thought, well, that's, you know, it's a shame. Like they're just as stressed as everyone else. That would be a really good service. So I um, decided to buy a car and, uh, you know, I had my license but I couldn't afford a car so I went and got a $5,000 car loan that I had no I was so scared it was like the most money I'd ever borrowed in my life yeah and um and I thought okay well I'll go find a car and then I'll try doing this mobile work and that's really how it started gosh okay so you started doing mobile work was the name always rejuvenators at the start were you like oh do I need a business card or you just started just booking no Mm -hmm. it it was just under my name for a little bit and um then I thought oh hold on I think I should have a business name and I asked a lot of my clients like what should I call it Mm -hmm. and I gave them about 10 different names to choose from and so they helped me pick down to three and then I chose from the three and the way that I got into hotels was because um I, I thought well 
if people were ringing from hotels at that old clinic, maybe I could go there and give them my card. And I was just rocked up. Hi, you know, I'm Kim and here's my card. If you need anyone, just give me a call. So that's really how hotels started. And it, it was um, the Heritage Hotel in Brisbane back in the day. And uh, it was my very first property and I still work with, work with them all these nearly 30 years later. They're still one of my top clients. So um, it was a case of, the guests would ring and it got later and later and later and the hotel kept saying, well, Kim, can you come out now? It's 10 o'clock at night. Or can you come now? It's, you know, they wanted it at 1 in the morning and I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, what do I charge? And they had, they were like, whatever you want. So, look, there was no business plan. There was no pricing yeah. plan. There was none of it. It was literally just make it up on the fly. Mm. But the first thing was that you made the connection of, hotels and you just walked up and just left your card at the front desk yeah and you know it even just takes sometimes just the naivety of not knowing what to do but the tenacity or the the just the curiosity just to go in and just here's my card do you know what I mean like isn't it just that one step created this whole ripple effect so at what stage then take us through when you started to go okay this is a business all right did you start getting extra people where you couldn't handle it where you needed to scale and get another masseuse take us through that part of the journey yeah I was 24 hours seven days a week for about four years and um, like, you know, you'd see that like go hard or go home, right? Because like, for me, it was all about customer service. And if people needed me to help them, I wanted to do that. Mm. And, you know, still to this day, it's like that's the core of what I do, why I do what I do. And um, it got busier and busier and busier. And at, what happened was I was trying to massage people, take a phone call, book the next appointment. And then go to the next job. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, this is way too unprofessional. So I hired a girl to work from my house to answer the phones for me. And um, we put some systems in place and I stopped writing in my diary and, you know, and put a little booking page in and it was still all paper-based back then. And um, and it just grew and grew. And so when I started turning away too many clients and not being able to fit them in, because they're ringing saying, I want you here in half an hour. Yeah. So this is not pre-booked ahead, weeks on end. Mm. Um, then I was like, I started to say to my friends who I'd studied with at college that I knew were brilliant, can you come work with me? Like, you know, we'll just... I'll pay you whatever and then we'll just, we can fit more people in. And so that's really, again, you know, it was just a a genuine natural progression. Mm. And um, as I started to run out of friends to invite in who I knew were great, then I started recruiting for other therapists and I thought this will be easy. Well, it wasn't. Most of them were terrible. Yeah, because it's standard, right? It's like it's not the customer service and it's the delivery of, the massage because it's your whole name attached to it yeah Yeah. Yeah. and I thought oh this is why I'm so busy if everyone's that bad of the people I was saying no to no wonder I'm busy because I thought well I'm not doing anything different to anyone else I'm just doing a massage yeah so um it just sort of continued on like that and again when it went to the next level uh it was it was about I sort of lose track of the timeline. Yeah. But I think it was 
maybe 96, mm. I think. Maybe I moved to Sydney. Uh, no, I moved to Melbourne and I opened Melbourne and I lived in Melbourne for six months, got everything up and running. I was doing sales calls during the day and then I was massaging all through the night mm-hmm. and I built that to the point where all of my other Melbourne team members could take over from me Yeah. and then I moved back into Brisbane. Then I moved to Sydney, did the same there. Then I moved to Adelaide. Then I moved to Perth. Wow. And then opened Sun- – oh, Sunshine Coast was open by then – and then Canberra and Cairns as well. So, mm. so with that step where you were like, right, we're going to dominate, we're going <laughs> to go every hotel. I never thought that. Yeah, but let's just say like for you to, because that's pretty much what you did, you just went from, from, from state to state. That first time when you moved then to Melbourne, right, and you sort of knew the, the process then of what you've done, how did yep. it feel? Like it must have felt, must have been a good feeling but a nervous feeling. Like, do you know, because it's the first time you're like going, okay, now I'm definitely going out of state. Now I'm going to be building the brand in a completely different state. Take us through the feeling back then if you can remember it, the journey. Was it excitement? Was it nervousness? Was it just like just trust in the process, just do what you did back in Brisbane? Take us through that time. It was it was. It really happened because a lot of my general managers in all my hotels reached out to me and said, look, we've got, there's just no one here that's reliable. Can you come and do it? Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I had the backing of the industry and the support of, you know, peers. So um, it was still for me 150% about customer service. And I, and I know that part so well that it's like, okay, I just step in and do it. And I recreated what I'd done in Brisbane. Mm. So it was easy and yet I never worked harder. So yeah, one of the biggest fundamental flaws I made at that time, um, other than the fact that it was fun and exciting and I got to eat at new restaurants and check out, you know, entire new city, um, was that I thought the bigger you got, the more money you made. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, depends yeah. how what your overheads and expenses are, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I was so customer driven and hands on, and it was all about healing and making people feel better. I was like, oh yeah, the money stuff will sort itself out. Well, guess what? It doesn't. Mm. <laughs> so that was a fairly um, terrible lesson to learn the hard way. Mm. And then it took a long time to get that sorted and really get things back on track. I, I think in two thousand when GS uh gst came in that was like the most massive wake-up call it was like oh yeah so what was what was the the company structure and i want to talk about COVID and how it's affected the business but before we go there what, sure. what's the company structure up until before COVID? what did it look like uh it's been through a fair few different iterations over the years um I've at times had lots of employees and uh, like head office employees, uh, call centre staff, because we've at the moment we've got a, a national and an international call centre team because we're 8 a.m. till midnight seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I found most um, companies in Australia didn't want to work that late and um, it was so cost prohibitive and especially when we only had maybe, you know, from 10 till midnight we might only have 10 or 
15 calls come through, of which some we would never be doing those bookings anyway because we politely screen them out. They're not looking for our service. They're looking for something else. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so for the amount of business that was there, it was just not affordable to run those hours in Australia. So we've got an amazing team in the Philippines Mm -hmm. that um, we went over and recruited by hand. And then I did all the hands-on training and they had every package in our range um, so that they know what they're selling and what they're promoting and what they can offer to the guests. Mm. So, and our clients. And um, that was sort of like the next phase. So when COVID hit, um, oh, I had had some employee therapists, but the majority of them have always been contractors because then they can, it serves them better for their own business to be able to claim all of their expenses and their training and, you know, everything else. Yeah, great. So, um, and they can choose their own hours, what they want to work when they don't want to work. Mm. Um, it gives them more flexibility. Mm. So when COVID hit, it was very much you know years and years of business just stopped instantly overnight and we saw it coming about three weeks before it really really happened Mm -hmm. and I'd already started cutting back um I'd learned my lesson from the GFC when I really wasn't that prepared for change and um as soon as we noticed our phone calls drop off and our bookings start to drop we track that religiously every week every fortnight every month and we can see lost jobs and all sorts of things like all of the numbers are there so we can see it per city as well, not just sort of nationally. And um, uh, we sat down, had a bit of a management meeting and went, okay, there's some changes that are going to start affecting us fairly brutally if we don't move now. So we um, had very smartly now, I look back, moved our, our whole positioning to be a virtual business. So I had my entire company structure is that, you know, there's really no employees, everyone's on contract um, and everyone's supported through their own business environment and we all work together harmoniously that way. So I could really pull back all the expenses of the company. I placed us into hibernation. Um, I made all the phone calls I needed to make to talk to suppliers and everything else. Mm -hmm. So it was still stressful, Mm. but um, we're in the best position that, we possibly could be for a terrible situation that's happening right now. Mm, It's interesting because when COVID hit, it's pretty much those that could weather the storm, that we were prepared somehow, maybe Mm. their business was already online, maybe they were already selling or starting to serve online, or they had the mindset or the skill set or the experience is what you actually had through the GFC. So when it comes around again, it's you can sort of start to smell it a, a mile away. And I know in our pre-chat I was saying to you how when it started to hit, we started to ring all our clients that we knew they were, you know, bricks and mortar face-to-face. And we were ready for the most saddest, hardest conversations. And I just couldn't believe how much intelligence that these business owners had where they were like, there's nothing we can do. So we're just, and that's where the word pivot started to come out, right? We're just pivoting. We've just done this. We've done this. We've done this, 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 this. And these conversations were so uplifting to go, these business owners, even though, you know, some of them were um, 
pubs and uh, wedding receptions and restaurants. And here they are. They just picked up their big boy and big girl panties and just instead of being sitting in there, sinking their sorrows and being at effect, they just stepped into cause like, right, what can I do? To, because otherwise we will go, you know, up shit creek. Yes. Has there been another time in your life that um, has challenged you more in business, personally or professionally, more than what you've seen in the past few months with COVID? Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, 27 years in business with the one business, it, there's a hell of a lot of up, ups and downs. It's like a big emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And there are times I've loved this business, eat, slept and breath, bit of breathe it, and there's other times I've hated it um, <laughs> and been so just disgusted and resentful and, you know, hated myself in it, like what? depressed, couldn't get out of bed, Um it's been a journey, you know, it's really been a journey. And one of the big ones was, um, you know, I I used to be obviously in the early days quite a workaholic to be 24 hours, seven days a week. And um, because of that, I didn't get to maybe have some of the relationships I wanted and I didn't get to see my mum and dad as much as I wanted. They were in the country um, out of Queensland, uh, up in Gympie. So... I decided um, that I think it was 2004 or 2003 that I needed to probably spend a bit more time with mum and dad. And I I don't know why I thought it because I hadn't really up until that point. Mm -hmm. And I remembered that mum and dad saying they'd really like to do these particular trips overseas. And so I made it a mission that I would take mum to Egypt and dad to Ireland. And so we did... London, Paris, um, Egypt, Ireland, like it was this wonderful world sort of whirlwind holiday. And we made that happen in 2005. And at the time I was living in Sydney, we flew, um, I flew mum and dad down and I presented them with the tickets and they're, you know, two big, huge suitcases with big bows. And I'm like, this is what we're doing. And they just fell over like they were both crying it was just oh it still makes me happy now it's just like the best thing and I thought oh you know that's what all of this hard work is for not just all the beautiful clients that I look after but these special things that I thought gee I could even at the time, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to afford it, mm. but I I just went, I'm going to do it. So tick, went in, paid, you know, the whole thing off over, I think, 12 months, and then we had the best holiday um, and amazing memories. Like it was just out of this world. And so that was the end of 2005, uh, October, and 2006, January, Oh, a couple of weeks into January, my mum passed away and it was just, you know, middle of the night, gone. And so dad and I were just, oh, my God, my sister, like none of us could quite believe it. And and that was really like, you know, you just don't expect that to happen like that. She had not been particularly um, super well but not unwell. So she said she hadn't felt good that day. But she'd just gone to rest and then she just didn't wake up. So it took a lot to come back from that. And um, I think the big thing, that was probably when I thought, 
oh, I should have spent more time with them. And I'm so blessed and lucky that we spent time having that holiday because dad, you know, and I got to just live those dreams. And still we talk about it to this day. You know, I take dad to Bali now. I've taken him to America and he's 88. And, you know, last year we were in Fiji, mm. the year before, a couple of years before we were in Malaysia. So it's been a wonderful experience to be able to help bring about all of that change for my family. And um, the frustration of work being a workaholic in the early days was really, I when mum passed, I initially resented the business and I hated myself because, yes, I'd had that beautiful, thank God, holiday for them and lifelong wish, but it was like I should have done more, I could have done more, and business is always going to be there. Work will always be there, but your family, your loved ones, friends won't be, you know, like look at what's happening now with COVID. Yeah. So. You just don't know. So that was probably one of my biggest challenges to get through that. I I don't I don't think I fell into depression, but I just hated my business because of it. I was so resentful mm -hmm. and I had to work my way through that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So sorry. Mm. Thank you for that transparency. That's just beautiful. There's so many learnings in that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's you know, it's it's the one question that I always ask at the end is, you know, what's the one thing that you do that, you know, lifts your level of happiness? Because we can just be so strapped to our desk and so strapped to work that yeah. we forget to really live. You know, we, yeah. we stop doing the things that we used to do that, you know, as a young adult. So as soon as I was a mum, I stopped my dancing. So now it's like I just danced the last four years um, and, I, I did do the same thing, which was I wanted to take my mum on a on a holiday, and I remember when I earned that money, and she always wanted to go on a cruise ship, and just that that feeling. You know, I'm so blessed that my mum's here now, though she's over in Sydney, and I'm in Perth. So for me, it's I never used to be a call every day person, but now I call pretty much every day. There might be a day I'll forget, and I'll go into a mad panic like, oh, I better call my mum. So I just think that's such a beautiful message because it just reminds you. My, my husband's sign-off in his emails are um, greater sales, better business, or more sales, better business, greater life. Because at the end of the day, we do all this. It's not about the sale. It's not about the transaction. It's about the business and the lives that we're changing, but also to build the lifestyle that we can have. And so I just thank you for that. It's just such a powerful message. It really is. Oh, gosh, my if it if it helps maybe just one person not make the same mistake you know and really hold those values that um they they just consistently focus on all aspects of their life not just their business oh my gosh that would be you know a blessing yeah yeah thank you for that it's powerful how has the restructure of your business changed now during the times of COVID, what do you, what did you do to pivot? I hate using that one. I've got another word to use. What did you do to change the model so you could still be able to help people out there um, and be able to still be in business? Yeah, look, it's it's been interesting. Um, we were in hard lockdown until July 3rd and then we reopened Rejuvenators uh, just to see what the market was doing and how we could help. But it's been very sketchy. Obviously, with Melbourne and Sydney, we're not working with either of those states now. And um, 
we're just sort of letting it just do its thing and that's fine. And so after I got over, obviously, I think like everyone, the shock of, oh, this is going to last longer than we all thought. And I sort of put everything to bed and tied it up nicely as much as I could in Rajiv. I moved my focus to my pure passion, which is all of the work I've done on myself and all the training and skills um, over sort of the last 25 years. And it's like I've always wanted to do more coaching and so I've been doing it on the side but never had enough time to really you know put it to bed and just get everything in place so this has been the best time for me to go oh finally I've got all of this time and um, energy that I can just dedicate to this so I'm doing my well-being coaching I'm doing virtual sessions I've been doing virtual sessions to support all of the people in quarantine hotels and doing little 15 20 minute you know rapid relaxation sessions and it's just been absolutely profoundly beautiful I'm so blessed and so happy and um yeah I've created like a 90 day program to support stressed out exhausted you know, overwhelmed business owners and the general public Mm -hmm. just to get their mojo back, to be able to feel clear and calm and confident and get through what we're going through right now Um, because you don't need to feel like shit through this, you know. It's it's not – that's not an empowering place for you to be able to cope for yourself, for your family, you know, and and your business, so – so um, I do have a few more questions, but if we wanted to, if there's someone listening now and they're like, and I'm not that business and you're talking about that, had the mindset to pivot, I'm struggling or my husband's lost his job and he's an employee, he's not a businessman, we're on my wage now, times are tough, where could they reach out and find out more to be in contact with you? Oh, gosh, um, really easy. Just jump onto the web and go to kimpower.com mm-hmm. um, and then they can just shoot me, like book in a time and we'll have a complimentary little chat. You know, it's no no dramas whatsoever. We can just do that on Zoom um, and usually within 20 minutes, like I will, they will come away from that going, oh, my God, I feel so much better. Wow. So it's using all of my skills, like whether it be pranic healing or um, all of my NLP skills, like just everything that I've done and it now all comes together in one beautiful package. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, and it's been great. And if you're on um, listening to it in Apple Podcast or Stitcher, it's Kim with a Y, so it's K. Uh, K-Y-M, Power, P-O-W-E-R. Though if you're on Apple um, Podcasts, you can scroll below and click the link and you can go through to everything that we've talked about today on the show. Kim, I would love to change directions and find out how the heck did you start massaging the celebrities? How did that come about? Again, I would love to say I'm this brilliant marketing person. <laughs> so not the case. Um, it's really because I do what I say I'm going to do. I show up when I say I'm polite, I'm professional, I don't tell tales. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I honour everyone as the person they are. So whether it's Lady Gaga, whether it's Kanye West, whether it's bloody, you know, who else. I know. Um, I always forget. I was flicking through on your website going, my God, and they're still going, and I'm still going. I'm seeing each picture of all these famous people and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's only 
me a few. I actually printed some out behind the camera so I could quickly check because I forget who they all are. Mm. So um, like Russell Brand, Jim Owen, Courtney Love, Cindy Lauper, mm. Katie Lang, Mark Boris. Yeah. Yeah. Heaps. Anyway, um, they are just human. They're just like us. Yes. You know, there, there is no difference. They get stressed. They get exhausted. Mm-hmm. They need support. And I'm so blessed to be able to go and help them do that. Mm, wow. They're cool. And what happens is generally um, they're staying in the penthouse suites, they're touring, I might tour with them, um, or, you know, I'm there when they get back from their gig and it might be one or two in the morning and so then I start work. Mm. And, you know, I could be there for an hour or two hours working through – you know, the physical, the physical stuff and the energetic stuff to shift it so that they can continue on the rest of the journey. Mm. And and then that tends to be told in the right circles, you know, and then I have managers reach out yeah. and um, other people reach out and go, oh, can you work with us as well? Mm, wow. Um, I'd love to finish the interview with three questions, though I have one question that's bubbling up, so I'm just going to ask it. How do you... If you have, like, if a lot of your work is late at night because if you were dealing with celebrities and performers and then you're being asked to come in, you know, sometimes early in the morning, how do you manage your energy levels? Like, what do you need to do to stay, I don't know, like just protected or I don't know what the word is, but do you know what I mean? Like, how do you stay energized yourself? Um, uh, look, it's part of all of the process I do when I'm doing healing with clients. And so I'm working on an energetic level, a physical level, a etheric level, um, an emotional level. And I have to do the work on myself religiously to be able to continuously deliver the standard that I deliver. Mm-hmm. And if I find myself dropping my own ball and like I'm not meditating, you know, morning and night, if I'm, if I'm not you know, going and exercising or doing yoga or, you know, going to Pilates or whatever, yeah. like I can feel my energy start to slump. Yeah. So um, it tends to just be tiny habits every day mm-hmm. that allow me to continue the work that I do. Yeah. So I've done, you know, quite a few um, Vipassana retreats, which is like 10-day silent meditation mm-hmm. retreats. Yeah. It's hardcore and it's fabulous. So there's a lot of work behind the scenes. Like I've studied in India pranic healing with the masters and I've done crystal work over there and all sorts of different things. So all of those layers come into who I am and who I would be as, um, you know, a businesswoman and an entrepreneur and a healer and a holistic therapist. So Mm. it just, it's layered through my day, I suppose. And um, there's a heap of energetic clearing that I do morning and night that I don't take on other people's stuff. Mm. So, which is very easy to do. And a lot of therapists and healers burn out after a few years. They just can't keep doing it anymore. Can only imagine. Yeah. Um, You've been through a big journey in business and you've seen a lot. You've been through many different times of change. Yeah. Got two different types of women listening. If you could give two pieces of your advice, one to the woman in the startup, she's more in the trenches, she's out there and she's just been starting the business. Yeah. And then piece of advice for the woman that she's more seasoned. She's she's up leveling, she's, you know, continually wanting to play big and expand and 
and do more, what would be a piece of advice for each of them? Hold on. I wrote a couple of things because I thought maybe you might ask something like this. And I always have these pearls of wisdom that I think after I get off. And it's like, (laughs) oh, why didn't you say that? So I think um, for the person that's just starting out, don't sacrifice yourself and your life for your business. Mm. Like make sure that it's working in tandem with each other. Because otherwise, like 10 and 20 years is gone before you even know it. And you go, oh, hold on. Like I just missed most of my life. So I think that's, I wish someone maybe had said that to me earlier on. Um, Love it. And then for the person, for the lady or or man who's been in business for uh, quite a while, then I think maybe like I've got about 10 different points, so it's like which is the right one that really resonates? Um, Just rattle some of them off. Say, say pro- yeah, okay. If you want. Yeah. Okay. So I think um, they might already know this or not, that they're not their business. And I think you said something similar before, yeah? It's like you're not your business. Like don't identify yourself as your business first and foremost or even fully because your self-worth and your identity is completely separate to whatever's happening in your business right now. And, you know, with COVID, unfortunately, I'm reading reports of people suiciding because things are not well, not great. And, you know, it breaks my heart that that's the case for them and their families. Um, so I think you've tuned into me <laughs> because I really, really struggled. I probably say it was it was 2014 was such a different year for me. Just had my baby. It was unplanned, beautiful surprise. Embraced it, and I didn't want to fall off my perch of what I've been building. So as I was going like this, I had a baby and I thought I can just have him and just move on. And I remember my adrenals were just so burnt out. And I went to this integrative medicine doctor and she said to me, um, she actually said those exact words, which was, you aren't your business. And I said, yes, I am. I, I, I am a speaker. That is my business. But they book in me. And I could not get my head around it and fast forward now six years I still have to have to probably once a week minimum is to remind myself it's okay my like learning to and I have to consciously say this your business is your business and you need to keep living life because you've got a beautiful son and the things that make you happiest in the world is serving your clients and speaking and dancing and connecting and hugging your family and being present. So, yeah, that message was for me because it's it's something that I have fought with because I identified myself as a speaker. I'm a speaker. That is my business. I had to learn to go, it's it's a part. It's a part of the life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's okay to know it consciously and – continue to remind yourself of it however the deeper work of that is being able to allow that to holistically effortlessly work its way through every cell of your being 
so that you don't ever have to think about it consciously just because who you are Mm -hmm. you know and you can be all of those things and more so that's the sort of stuff that i i do with people now i might book it in ladies (laughs) to get it more into myself (laughs) because it does sneak up it really does it really does yeah yeah Mm. yeah what's another one you've got Uh, there sure i think uh look I wish, I so wish I had been told this one, pay yourself first before anyone else. And I know it's probably everyone reads it now, especially in um, Profit First, which is a fabulous book. Um, uh, I think that the true sense of that, though, is pay yourself first before there's even enough money to do it. So that's the most critical part. Like it's like, well, I have to pay all my bills and this and that, everything else. Like, no, I don't care. Pay yourself first, even if it's just a hundred dollars you have to set that up from the very beginning and um holding yourself to the highest standards can actually be your own self-defeating fatal flaw (laughs) that's a message for me okay (laughs) (laughs) oh well because generally like we're right we're all really gung-ho and we're like I have to do this and this and this and everything's got to be done great Mm. and perfect and you know it's hard to take a day off and you just even when you're having a day off you feel guilty because you're having a day off. that one out so I I, a lot of the women I've done a lot of surveys with the listeners and they definitely fall under what I call the high achieving woman syndrome and it's always just setting that bar so high for yourself it's no one else is doing it it's just it's just that what you do um yeah so thank you such powerful messages from kim power like the surname just matches the messages (laughs) thank you so much for gracing us with your presence today it's been just absolutely moving i feel like i'm sort of like quite emotional so um thanks for doing your work through the interview (laughs) (laughs) on me um i've really been yeah just in, in in entrenched in it so um yeah cannot wait to share you more with the world um more people that already know you or don't know you but thank you for your incredible work and um just sharing your journey your pleasure um if if um i'm not sure i think you sent i sent you the link of the little um meditation like a little 10 minute ease meditation yes yeah so if anyone's feeling a bit stressed mm-hmm. um, Thank you. or they just want something for in the morning before they get out of bed or listening to it before you go to sleep, it's really helpful just to reprogram the whole way that your body and your mind and your being just relaxes into the day. So, yeah. Okay, we'll have those links there, definitely. Thank you for the reminding of that. Um, okay. Guys, if you're on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, you can scroll below and just click the link and that will take you to the blog page with everything about Kim and everything that we've mentioned on the show. If you haven't, just go to annettelakovich.com forward slash Kim Power, all one word, and um, you'll be able to see the notes from this episode. Thanks so much, Kim. It was great to have you on today. Thank you, Annette. It's been so lovely to be here. 
You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.